0: Hi, how are you today? I'm very glad you're with us in worship. We're going to do something a little bit different today. It's going to focus around Philippians chapter 1. But as we look at Philippians chapter 1, we're going to be looking in the rear vision mirror of our church, looking back at all that happened in 2019. We're going to look in the front window in front of us and see what's coming in 2020. But to set the stage for it, I want you to see some of the people who you impacted with your generosity with your prayers throughout twenty nineteen and say say thank you to you. Hey thanks for supporting Club Three O Five. We have to be really quiet because they're getting lessons right now.
1: Yeah. And for Arts Academy and Global Nations. Yeah
0: that too, that too thank you for your generosity. All of it. Thank you. Thank, thank you.
2: you. Thank you for Thank you. 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 Thank you for your prayers, encouragement, financial support. Thank you.
0: Hi. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I'm Dr. Daniel Koidatoy. Thank you, DFCC members, for all the support you have provided unto me to help me go through medical school. Thank you.
0: How about in both the east and west auditoriums, we thank those who thanked us. Can you do that? And and uh, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of thanking the, throughout this our time together this morning. So get your get your clapping hands ready, okay? Uh, because if you're a guest with us today, I would like to invite you to a wonderful and great moment that occurs once a year around here at first christian church it's a great day for you to be here guests to learn about our congregation to learn about our commitment to christ's cause you're going to learn about who we are and what's important to us. It's going to feel like this. I know this. For some of you who have not been here before, it's going to feel like you've walked into a family living room and the family's having a discussion of all that's going well and maybe some things that need some attention. What we call this our state of the church weekend where we evaluate and learn about all the things that happened in the year prior and we think about the year in front of us and um, prayerfully asking God to help us sort out the endeavors that are there. And so you're going to learn about why you're in this space. If you're a guest, how it is that we are intentionally inviting people into the life of First Christian Church. And you're going to learn, most importantly, who are the people called First Christian Church. And so to set the stage for that, I'd like to, I'd like to invite you to take your Bible, please, and to turn to Philippians chapter 3. And as you do that, let me introduce myself. My name is Wayne. I'm one of the pastors here. And I uh, I'm glad you're with us this morning, everybody here in the West, everybody in the East, and also those of you who are worshiping with us online. And so we're going to read from Philippians chapter 1 to set the stage for the state of the church, and um, maybe just to set up this scripture we're about to read, it might be helpful for you to know some information. I'd like to start by saying if you're unfamiliar with scripture, the Bible is divided into two Two sections you've got an Old Testament section that tells the story of the people, ancient people of Israel. It covers thousands upon year, thousands upon thousands of years. Then you get to the second portion of the Bible, which is called the New Testament, and it's a very short period of time relatively speaking to the Old Testament. It's only about 70 years long. It tells the story of Jesus' arrival on earth, his life, his ministry, his death, resurrection, how he went to heaven. Then it tells the story of the early church. And as it tells the story of the early church, after Jesus' um, ascension to heaven, you have various characters and personalities that begin to appear, one of whom is a fellow by the name of Paul. We know him affectionately as the Apostle Paul. And he came to be a Christ follower after Jesus went to heaven. But he was a prolific writer, um, a lawyer by trade, and as well as a tent maker. And so he he knew how to manage the law. He, he had all this sort of understanding of how things worked. And so he wrote a lot of letters to congregations. We call them um, different letters, like the, the Philippians is, is an, an epistle, a, a letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. He had um, It's written probably 30 to 40 years after Jesus' ministry. It's written from, we suspect, he was probably a prisoner in Rome when he was writing 30 to 40 years after Jesus is alive. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, He's writing to a congregation that he had started, a congregation that has a very similar ethos, if I may say so, a very similar ethos to our own congregation. And so while I'm not the Apostle Paul, um, the the language that he uses and the affection that he speaks of uh, certainly seems to ring true for me and for who we are as a congregation. So read with me Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Here's who's writing. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Then This is like a memo, if you could say. Here's who it's from. Now here's it's to. Who is it to? To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. So he's writing to a congregation along with their leaders, the overseers and deacons. And he starts off and says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he steps right into how he feels about them. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. There's always this gladness when I think about you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day, from we first met until now. And so you can see that he's considering the the Philippians as uh, partners in ministry with him. You can see that language. Because of your partnership in the gospel. In other words... He's aware that they are working together for the cause of Christ. Uh, That partnership would have involved, we know from other places within Scripture, that partnership involved two things. One would have been that they would pray for him and he would pray for them. And then secondly, uh, that they would be engaged with um, sending him, if you will. They They were partners. They were helping finance the ministry that he was doing. And I think that's true of you and me. We pray and work together. We work together in many ways reaching our community, stepping into a few places globally where we can say we're going to concentrate our focus. And that involves the prayer and the combined financing that we work on together. And it goes on from there. Verse 4, I pray for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this. As I pray, I'm aware of this with great assurance that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And it's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since i have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains, namely in prison, or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's quite clear that Paul loves these people. He has deep affection for them, and we know a little bit about why he has this love for them from other places in Scripture. For example, we know how the church started. If you flip backwards in the Bible to Acts chapter 16, you'll see their story there, that Paul and a fellow by, by the name of Silas, they show up at this, um, at this city called Philippi, and there is no one in Philippi who is a follower of Christ. And they say, how could we get... The people of Philippi, some of them to become followers of Jesus. Where can we go and talk to people? So they look around and they say, where do people gather? And apparently in Philippi in those days, people used to gather down by the river. And they literally go down by the riverside, down by the riverside. They go down there and they start telling people about Jesus Christ. And sure enough, pretty quickly, different people, um, including a woman by the name of Lydia, who is famous for selling purple cloth she becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And and they start to gather and really cool things happen while Paul and Silas are there. Miracles start taking place. And frankly, the city starts to pay attention. And lots of people are clamoring for the attention of Paul and Silas and these brand new Christians to the point where the city gets in an uproar. Basically, a riot comes along and the city officials, in an effort to say, hey, we've got to figure out how to fix this riot. They say, well, where did this riot come from? So they grab Paul and Silas and they throw them in the local jail. And so now you've got these two leaders who are in jail and there's what are we going to do with them and how, how are we going to manage this mess? That's the point of view from the city officials. And meanwhile, Paul and Silas, it says they're praying in jail and those fledgling church is praying and some miracles come along as an earthquake. That's a long story. But long story short is Paul and Silas are freed through a series of supernatural events. And as a result of doing life together in this very intense, these pressure-cooked moments, there's some very deep affection. And you can see it in verse 8, it says, I long for you. I want to be with you. There's this deep knowledge, this deep, kind of deep down, I just, I want to hang out with you guys. That's my understanding of the kind of work we do together here in the life of this church. This passage of scripture we've just read also has a, a very, uh, one of my favorite scriptural verses. It's in verse six. Did you see it? Verse six, he says, I'm confident of this. He who began a good work in you. So what God has started already, how we, we it started when we were together and it's carried on from there. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day Of Christ Jesus. And that's my understanding of God's work. It's my understanding of God's work in me that um, what God has started in me years ago is not yet fully done. And he's going to carry it on to completion. There's a day coming when God will say, okay, here's where you need to be and I've got you there. This is my understanding of God's work in you, that God is working in you as an individual. If you've never, if we draw the line of faith here, if you've never crossed the line of faith to say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, then there's something calling you to that. If you have stepped over that line, there's something calling you forward to more maturity in Christ. God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion for us as a congregation. He's writing to a church that what God started in the church at Philippi, what God has started in the church called First Christian Church, is going to be carried on to completion. It's, we're, we're going to go where God calls us to go. And if you think about the life of our church, going back 186 years now, God has done a lot in our past, but that doesn't mean we get to rest on our laurels we move forward saying, okay, God, what do you want to do yet? And so with that as a a starting point, let's, if I may, um, take you back to what occurred in 2019, what has God started, and what is coming forward yet in the days ahead. So we're going to answer this question. What good works has God already started that is going to carry toward completion moving forward in the coming years? So let's start with some things that have already taken place and that are going well. We want, if we're going to do that, we want to start with kids, right? Uh, um, this weekend, our numbers in church here uh, uh, on North MacArthur, they're going to be down a little bit because we've got a bunch of kids off at winter camp. And um, I'm really thrilled that those group of t- that group of teenagers is off learning about how they are going to move forward in their walk with Christ. And those kids are dearly loved by us around here. We're proud of their participation in all they do. And you see some of them on stage these days leading us in worship. And um, we've got all kinds of different ways in which they are involved in ministry. Like, for example, we sent a bunch of them to mission tr- tr- on mission trips to both Cincinnati and Cuba in 2019. And that's all great stuff to see those kids being used in ministry. Uh, what we have going on in our elementary program um, each weekend and how we're seeing those kids. I mean, I'll... There's nothing better than a fifth grader saying, hey, Jesus has done this in my life. or a third grader. We've got those stories. We have the wonderful things taking place in our pre-K area. We had lots of babies born in 2019. And uh, a lot of baby dedications here are all the children and parents who participated in three different baby dedication events. And here's my understanding and why I wanted to start there in terms of where we are as a congregation. When you see babies in the life of a church, when you see children in the life of a church, when you see teenagers in the life of the church, that means there's a life for the church beyond just today. That means that in 5, 10, and 20 years from now, those children will be in the life of our church as adults and will be becoming leaders and becoming part of our serve-together teams. And so I am really appreciative of the fact that we as a congregation are willing to make changes— for the sake of our kids, that we're saying, hey, how they're going to lead the church in the days ahead will be different than the way in which we lead right now as adults, but we are planning for the days when those kids will be adults. And I, I, I can put it this way. There are plenty of congregations in our own community and across the country that have not adapted to programming and to ministry in ways that cause kids to want to be there. So I want to congratulate you for that because we will look different in the days ahead. And incidentally, our ministry to young people is not just uh, only in this building, but we have a great presence on the local college campuses as well, both at Milliken and at Richland. And uh, Pastor Thomas Hagan leads that ministry for us, specifically and intentionally to those who are 18, say, through late 20s into their 30s. And um, we thought you should get to know a little bit about that. And so here's the story
1: of one of the young men who's involved in that ministry. My name is Marcus Hayes, I'm a junior nursing major at Milliken University and I also play football. I'm here in Decatur because of school, I go to Milliken University and so me and my friends honestly were just going to try to find a church home and so we came here first and it was a good place to be so we never left. This past summer I was a camp counselor at Camp Timberline uh, in Estes Park, Colorado and just being with people of God and just being around that atmosphere allowed me to kind of reorient my heart and prioritize what's necessary and what's important and I think that's ministry and worship. I lead my own Bible study on campus. I also go to FCC's adult Bible study on Thursdays. I went to Passion this past year as well. And last but not least, we have all campus worship. And so we're starting that on Wednesdays as well. And being able to do that and just do all these things and do life with friends is really just something special. It really is. It's it's more than just a night out with, with our friends. It's no more than just like going to a house party and just hanging out and playing board games and stuff like that. It's more than that, it's fellowship. When we get to heaven, when we get to be with the Father, it's going to be even more awesome. So that's why. Um, just being with people like that is just kind of like little glimpses. At First Christian Church, um, I, I'm part of the worship team. I play drums. Being able to be a part of that is such a privilege to me personally. I thank God every day that I have the opportunity to do that because I guess not many people have musical talent, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> I get to use, of course, glory. So that's it brings me joy. It really does. All the things that I do are somehow worship-oriented. I think that's how I want to live my life, just have my life, like every breath, be a a life of worship to God, I guess. Because when you worship, you're assigning worth, essentially, to God. And so I want my life to be a reflection of that.
0: All right. All right, this is a moment in both the East and the West. Let's thank Marcus and the whole group that are involved in college ministry. Incidentally, uh, the kids from Milliken and have said, "Hey, would you at First as First Christian Church, would you come and help us?" And so, with some worship events, so in the coming spring semester, they've got six worship events that we're helping support, and we're sending staff over to make certain that that takes place in the days ahead. Good stuff. And if we're going to say that we're going to thank. Um, people for the work they do and the things, ways in which they're growing in Christ, perhaps it's more important that we say we should also thank God. So do you you happen to know what this song might be as we would think about thanking God? Do you know that? Could you sing with me? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. All right, now that you've heard it, uh, East Auditorium, we need to hear you. Join us, okay? So here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Seriously, friends, in anything that this church does, in anything we do together, yeah, we can thank each other and we can be grateful for the way in which we work with each other's lives, but above all, what do we need to do? We need to say, thank you, God, for using us and for being God And anything that happens is only as a result of his grace within us. Of course, when it comes to um, not only matters about young people, we had a very successful ministry event that we started last year with some trepidation. Um, We'd heard about Tim Tebow's foundation and the the way in which they were doing something called Night to Shine, which is an event for, uh, it's basically a prom event for special needs people. And we thought, man, maybe we should do that. Uh, let's talk to some other people around town. We would talk to GT Church. And they said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll come on board. And it wasn't long thereafter that um, Making Resources joined us as well. And um, we didn't know exactly how it was going to go. But it was one of the most powerful evenings of 2019. And it comes up again this coming Friday. And uh, the three organizations are doing it again. And uh, we already have 250 guests, special needs guests who are going to be there. They are all paired up with one person, individual buddies, and then there's people who have to cook and there's there's photographs, there's there's a paparazzi team, there's a dance team. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And we are still shy a few um, people who want to serve with us there. But I'm telling you friends, I thought, well if we can get hundred people together, we'll be doing right. Well it was like a thousand people showed up. <laughs> so we're we're a little bit concerned about how we're gonna manage that people, that many people this year. If you want to help out, please stop by the connection wall. Uh, because here's what, here's what I'm aware of. That portion of our population, if I could put it that way, are people who are made in the image of God. Right? And sometimes they are marginalized. Sometimes they don't get the care and um, just the life and the humanity that they need around them. And I just want to say thank you for being a congregation that was willing to take that on, even with all of how are we going to do this? And most of all, I'd like to say thank you, God, for using us in this way. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Some of you are anxious to sing the rest of the song. I can tell already, right? We'll get there. We'll get there. Because when it comes to the ways in which this congregation serves, and if you will, volunteers, and the way in which you are part of these, you know, we say we're going to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ, fully devoted by growing and serving together. The way in which our serving together teams come together is quite remarkable. We went back through our records just this week, and we know this, that in 2019, more than 900 people from our congregation filled some 1,800 positions in the community as a result of our Serving Together team. You know, years ago, we were asked this question. In the early 2000s, we were posed this question by uh, a um, consultant we brought in to talk to us about our church life. And he asked us this. If First Christian Church ceased to exist tomorrow, would anyone apart from the members realize it? And our response was, nope, they wouldn't. And it changed us. That question caused us to change dramatically and said, we are going to be a congregation that impacts this community. And we said, what we do inside the four walls, great, but we have to go out. And so I want to thank you that in 1,800 positions in, in the community, and of course that includes what we're doing here as well, but that you are acting like Jesus. You're being the hands and feet of Jesus in all sorts of settings. You are the tangible touch of Jesus Christ, and I want to thank you. And I, I would say to anyone who's you know, sitting in the stands or standing on the sidelines on this, Step up, step in, stop by the connection point on your way through the lobby today because I'd like to say we've got 923 people doing stuff. Can we get to a thousand? We have more than that many people in the life of our church. Can we get to a thousand people now? When it comes to the way in which you serve with generosity of spirit and time, it's important just for today that we also tell you how that impacted. Uh, in real dollars. So last year, your generosity brought $3.2 million into the life of the church. Of that, catch this number, which is the most important number, 487, more than $487,000 was given to work outside the life of the church. So basically, half a million dollars were used in outreach both at home here in Decatur and abroad. And um, that's outside the walls. And that does not include, that half a million dollars does not include the more than $100,000 that we use in addition to that to care for people at DMH and Crossing Healthcare and the Opioid Center through our staff-paid chaplaincy work. That's a long story how we have that, but we have a relationship with those organizations to say, and others in the community say, we'll provide chaplains to you, and that costs us more than $100,000 in staff salaries. And so that be, the, the, the first half million dollars doesn't include staff. That's just us doing stuff. But then in addition to that, we've got that ministry going on there. So I just want to say thank you for your generosity and for the trust you've placed in the leadership teams of our church to manage those funds with care and special attention. We we had a very strong year financially in 2019. Thank you for that. We were able to put some extra funds against the church's mortgage. You perhaps will recall that when we when we built out the kids space in 2016 to make it more secure because we have 300 children that need attention. Um, basically each weekend 250 to 300 kids so it's a lot of kids and we had to figure out how do we keep them safe we had to spend a lot of money so in January 2016 we had a mortgage of 2.6 million dollars throughout the last four years you have reduced that by 1.2 million dollars so thank you for your generosity thank you for your gifts and your generosity continues you know last week we uh, we put out these things these baby bottles do you remember this and and Hundreds of them disappeared, which was the point. Uh, basically, we say, Can you fill up this baby bottle with your spirit change in the next few weeks or months and bring it back? And we just, we literally shipped the bottles, changing everything over to New Life Pregnancy Center because we are a congregation that stands for life here. And if you didn't get your bottle as you left last week, There are more available in the lobby today as you leave both auditoriums. Okay, so I want to just say, again, this is money and funding that goes beyond our walls. This isn't about First Christian Church. This is about us, though, impacting situations and settings beyond our congregation. But when it does come to what's happening inside our walls, probably the most important or the most biggest project that we did this year related to the walls of our church, and that is we did that stage-to-stage remodel that started at the beginning of this stage in the West Auditorium, went through the lobby, all the way into the, to the front of the stage in the East Auditorium. And uh, most of the work is done except for one big major project that starts on Monday of this week. Namely, did you catch? You've already heard it. Mosaic Cafe is going to be remodeled in the next few days. And so um, it's going to be disrupting. It's going to mean that we have to close the cafe down for a period of 10 days or so. Make note of that, and if you do show up with a Starbucks cup, I don't want to see it. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. There will be coffee available um, next weekend, but if your kids are used to getting all kinds of special foo-foo drinks, we won't have them next week, okay? So just beware of that. Don't get caught unawares. And so I would think it's appropriate that together we would toge- again sing praise God for the way in which together God has used us in the, I'm combining our finances together. Can you sing? Praise God from whom all blessings... Okay, you've got to sing it a little more boldly, okay? I know you're anxious. When are we going to sing the next line? We will yet, but to prove that you're ready, can you sing this one a little bit more, with more gusto? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Oh, wow, you should all join the choir. (laughs) So that's some of the endeavors that we accomplished in 2019. What's ahead for 2020? Here's just a few. I don't have time today to tell you everything of 2019 or all that's scheduled for the coming year. But first of all, our ministry through Disciple Heritage Fellowship will continue. DHF, um, we now have Rick... Grace on staff with us, manning that for us. And so that's great news in the ministry that he's already done. If you're unfamiliar, we lead a group of 70 or more congregations across the country from Washington State all the way down to Florida and from Virginia going the other way uh, all the way down to Southern California. And there's about 70 churches there. And his ministry already is, we've heard from five more churches because of his travel that want to join us in that fellowship. We're going to continue to push forward on our church online experience, Um, and I'll say it this way: we have had we started in December of 2018, so we're 14 months in. We've had literally thousands of people join us. You go, thousands? Yeah, because we because it's online, we can keep track of what computers are responding to us, how many or phones, and each week we have between 175 and 200 different computers or or phones worshiping with us online. And that's if it's one person. Now what if there's two or three? So in the course of the last 60 weeks, if it's more than 100 people a weekend, getting close to 200, it's anywhere from 6,000 to 12,000 people in just the last uh, 14 months. And so for us, that means we've got some lessons to learn here. Part of that experience in recent months included new lights in this auditorium and we've had to do things differently because we have to be aware Frankly, friends, if we've got 6,000 people or 12,000 people that we are ministering to that aren't sitting here, we've got to figure out how to do that effectively. And so that's some areas of growth for us this year. I don't see it going away uh, in any way. I, I see we've just got to figure out how to do it more effectively. Of course, um, what that does is then both DHF and that church online experience really impacts people who aren't sitting in our seats in the auditoriums, but we've got to do it right because that is the nature of our church to say, how can we care for people who aren't here? We want to care for people who are here. Yes, I'll come to that in a moment, but we also want to care for those who aren't here. And so while we're known for our community work, we're also known for our global missions work and uh, in three places, in Kenya, in uh, Cuba, and in Central Asia. And I say Central Asia because that mission right there is a, a missionary, a mission that's, um, in what would typically be called a closed country where um, to go as a minister of the gospel would be against the law per se. So we don't particularly let you know exactly where that is unless we have one-on-one conversations mostly because what we're doing here today is online and so we have to be careful what we say. So um, as we work with uh, the Kazirs in Kenya and Bethel Church in Cuba and Uh, our friends, the Uramovs in Central Asia, Um, we figured out something in just the last few months. The elders and I and pastors were in discussion and prayer about what we're doing overseas. And it became apparent that when we send teams and and groups of people to those places, what we're doing is we're sending five or 10 or sometimes 20 people into another country, one of those three countries. And our partners on the ground, that brings a lot of work to them. And they're very glad but it's a ton of work. If you say, if you okay, I'm going to have 25 people show up next week and we're going to be together for 10 days and we're going to do a construction project, we're going to do a medical project, we're going to do VBS, whatever. It occurred to us, we need to be careful that we don't abuse those relationships. And so is there an opportunity for us to say, can we come to you in a smaller setting and provide some pastoral care and some pastoral support to you? So we've got a big endeavor that's a small endeavor uh, scheduled for May. Namely, Leslie and I, on your behalf, are going to go visit uh, our mission partners in, in Kenya and in Central Asia. And here's the plan <laughs> on a Sunday morning, I'll preach, and then Leslie and I will get on a plane and travel for 24 hours and land in Nairobi, Kenya. I'll be there for a few days, then we'll travel for another 24 hours to go to Central Asia, be there a few days. Then we'll travel for another 24 hours and come home. And I'm not preaching that weekend. (laughs) I think we'll be tired. But we're going to go as your representatives to say, how can we pray for you today? How can we pour into your life as representatives of First Christian Church? Of course, while we're working overseas and in our community, I'm also aware, what are we doing in the walls of our church? What are we doing for our people here? So here's a few things that are scheduled. Um, We got a new movie series planned for the fall, a sermon series. Um, It was a big experiment when we did that last fall. Pastor Brian did a great job and didn't let me preach in the middle of that, and I'm not bitter about it one bit. (laughs) And when I said, okay, let's do another movie series, he said, I want to do them all. I said, really? So Pastor Brian's going to be doing a a movie series in the fall again. Right after that, uh, right before that, pardon me, we'll have a stewardship series. Uh, We've got Hymnoscope on the calendar, more orchestra weekends, when if you, if your kid pl- has played an instrument for six months, and you'd like him or her to play in the orchestra, we'll put a, put him or her beside an adult who plays that instrument, and off we go, or... This even occurred last year. Someone said, I hadn't played my instrument in 40 years. I actually sent it to the shop and had it cleaned up, and I and played in the orchestra. Maybe that's you. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be great stuff or join the choir. You could join a small group. Last week we had 509 people in small groups saying we're going to grow together. And so that could be you. And most of all, what I would like you to do is pray. Pray for um, the way in which we as a congregation uh, minister to this community. Pray that more people will join us in our mission work with our global partners. And above all, Pray that the people that you and I have a relationship with and the ones we could build a relationship with, pray that they would come into a man, that they'd come to the place where they say, "I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ," and that they would step across the line of faith that we've talked about, that maybe they are far from God, and they're way back here. but can your relationship with them just cause them to take a step closer and then another step closer? And with each step, they get closer, then they step over the line of faith and they join us in the steps that we take to become more mature followers of Jesus Christ. I'm anxious to see how that's going to work out in your life, how it's going to work out in the lives of your friends and your family members. We had a bunch of people in 2019 step over the line of faith and say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm very glad for everyone to know it. Um, And they did that by being baptized and... um, Some of them had walked with Christ for years and wanted to declare, hey, I want everyone to know. Others are brand new Christians who said, I want everybody to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And so in that regard, I want you to look at the results of just a few of those, some of those, who stepped across and, who, if we could put it this way, proclaimed their faith in Christ through what the Bible says, to get baptized. And so here's a compilation of some of those of 2019.
2: So powerless slave Then heaven reached down from the cross to my soul Hell started to shake and it had to let go I'll never get over it I'll never get over it I was dead in my sin but your love wouldn't quit And I never
0: Friends, in the long run. That's what it's all about. Acknowledging the work of Christ within our lives. And if there was ever a reason to praise God and say, praise God from whom all blessings flow, wouldn't that be it? So those of you who have been anxious to sing the whole song. You ready? Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, The Amen. Ah, one more time, Amen. Ah, all right, you did all right with that. That's good to know. Good to know you can all sing in the choir. So, um, let me close with just one note, if I may. That when we started our conversation today, I said that Paul was writing to, Philippian, to the Philippian church with great affection. And can I say that that's my understanding of um, my heart for each of you. It's my pleasure to have a role in the life of this congregation, yes. But it's my great honor also to have a role in your individual life. And for some of us here today, that relationship has now passed 26 years. That's how long um, it's been my pleasure and honor to be, if you will, to have this pulpit. and. I would like to say thank you for your gracious care of me, for your gracious care of my family. And thank you also for supporting and getting behind some crazy and wild-haired ideas along the way that I've brought to you. Because, um, I don't know, we just get to do some crazy things at times, and um, thanks for putting up with that. You'll recall that back in 2014, the uh, leadership team and I, we said that we are striving to reach 10% of our community in 10 years we're not being worried about whether or not somebody was going to attend our church but could we see an impact upon our community to the point of 10% I, we're I struggling to know how to measure that I'm aware of this we've only got 4 years left and we're still trying to reach 10% of our community and we'll see what God does in that because I'm aware of this he who began a good work in us is going to carry it on to completion and above all uh, this is my prayer for you. It's the prayer that Paul had for, for, the, for the Philippian church. We read through verse 8 a few minutes ago, but he goes on beginning in verse 9 with a prayer that he has for the church. And I've taken the liberty of changing the pronouns just a little bit to make it not only his prayer for his church, but today our prayer for our church. And um, I'll read it and uh, then you can read it out. But so you know what, you're going to pray with me. Here's what it says. God, this is our prayer. That our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, would you consider praying that with me today? Would you read it out loud with me? God, this is our prayer that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Would you stand together, friends, and let me pray for us together. Father, I pray for uh, my friends here today East Auditorium, West Auditorium, those worshiping online those they're, they're my friends. I, I would be so bold to say God they're also my congregation're my church. these are the people Lord, we've done life together. for some of us been a lot for some of us it's been a lot of years for others it's a brand new relationship that started in just recent days or perhaps even today. Lord God, I pray that the work you've begun in each of us as individuals would be carried to completion in Jesus Christ. I pray that the work that you began in this church in 1834, 186 years ago, and that we saw some of that completion um, move into our lives and into our ministry in 2019. Lord, I pray that you would continue to carry that work in us and through us into the coming years um, calendar of ministry events well it's not just about events it's not just about programming it really is about us seeing people come to know the reality of walking with Jesus Christ and Lord we are of the ethos and of the I guess you could say we're of the we're of the understanding Lord, that we'll jump through hoops to make that happen we will change. We will adapt. We will be the congregation that this community needs, that our global partners need. We will be the congregation, Lord, that each of us needs to see us become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to grow together. We're going to serve together. And above all, Lord, we're going to praise you. We're going to praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Holy Spirit. We're going to speak. So we're going to say, "So be it." We're going to Amen all of that, Lord, and. Uh, declare your goodness in our lives as individuals, in our lives as a church. For that, we give you great praise. In Christ's name, amen.